At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the look ahead with scott seidenberg on vsin the sports betting network Back here on The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's On Air, S C O T T S O N A I R. We are in the midst of the Major League Baseball All Star break. We had the home run derby on Monday, All Star game here on Tuesday. We'll have an off day on Wednesday and uh, get ready for the second half to begin on Thursday. All Star game was exciting. The American League for the ninth straight year. Gets the victory over the National League. 3-2 was the finish. If you were on the under with us, you cashed the under with relative ease. Although early on, it was a little bit of a sweat with those runs scored in the first inning. But happy that the under 8 came through. 7.5, if you played it at 7.5, good. Came through also. Uh, Just so much that went into this. Um, Pitchers really having the edge. We saw the National League go through such a drought. They didn't get a hit from the first inning to the eighth inning. Like, they got four of their first five batters got hits, and then all of a sudden, 20 straight hitless at-bats before they finally get another hit in the eighth inning. So, uh, just absolutely wild that that happened. Second longest hitless streak in an all-star game history. Uh, But congratulations, Giancarlo Stanton wins the MVP. He blasted a game-tying two-run home run in the top of the, what was it, the top of the fourth inning, I believe it was, that he hit the home run in, and then Byron Buxton back-to-back and a belly-to-belly as he hits the solo home run, both of them off of Tony Gonsolin, and those were the only runs that were scored for the remainder of the game. Quietly, I feel like some of us were hoping that the National League would tie it up at 3-3 and would go to that home run derby tiebreaker. I think it would be a lot of fun to watch. It did it, you know, I was rooting for it because I knew that I would have cashed my under regardless, because it was graded after nine innings, so 3-3 three, three is six. That's obviously less than eight and seven and a half. Uh, so I didn't care about it being tied. So when it did get to the bottom in the ninth, I was like, you know what? Let's see this tiebreaker, right? Like, let's get it. Let's see this tiebreaker. But we did not get it as the American League pitchers just dominated the National League, and 3-2 uh, is the final. The biggest story, though, around this all-star game and all-star festivities. Uh, it, 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 it's surrounding player movement. Future contracts. I know Aaron Judge was asked uh, by ESPN about uh, answering some fans' question about not being on the Yankees next year. And Judge, you know, his answer was kind of cryptic, but it, it wasn't uh, 
it didn't give you hopes that he's going to sign a deal with the Yankees. It, it kind of was preparing for maybe life after the Yankees. But on Monday during the Home Run Derby, yeah, Julio Rodriguez stole the show. Kid was amazing. But Juan Soto winning the event and really um, putting his himself out there on the national landscape in the midst of this entire trade discussion, because let's be honest, he's going to get traded. And I think a lot of people feel that, oh, it might happen in the offseason or it might happen next year. I don't think that's the case. You see, I, don't, I think the Nationals would be wise to get rid of him as soon as possible because his value is never going to be higher. You don't want to run the risk of an injury, you know, God forbid. You don't want to run the risk of a slump. What you want to do is fresh off of this home run derby win, he's probably as marketable now as he's ever been. And he might be as marketable now, more marketable than he's ever going to be. You got to strike now. And you got to call teams up and say, I want this prospect, I want this prospect, I want this player. Because now is the time to trade Juan Soto. And I do think he gets dealt before the August 2nd deadline. The Juan Soto trade sweepstakes was a topic of conversation earlier this morning on VSIN on Follow the Money, where former Major League manager Bobby Valentine joined Sean uh, King and Dave Ross as they talked about the Soto trade scenario. What do you think about the Mets and their chances to win it all this year? Well, if they had Shohei Otani along with those other two, <laughs> it's not going to hurt. Um, that, that, that's for sure. But, uh, you know, the, the one-two punch of uh, DeGrom and Scherzer will be, will be very difficult to stop in a, um, in a playoff short series situation. Uh, but remember, Buck, uh, Buck had... Uh, Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling and, and didn't get through the playoffs uh, with that one-two punch and, and uh, it, that was as good as it gets until uh, we see what Scherzer and, and DeGrom look like because we haven't really seen that, that twosome together. You know, Bobby, that's so intriguing to me talking about Buck now because the idea is you have an adult in that clubhouse now and that's been the change for the Metropolitans this year. That at least is the narrative. And Bobby, you know what it's like to manage in a World Series in New York. What is it? What is the role of the manager? How different is Buck Showalter, the difference he's making on that Metropolitan Clubhouse? Is that a real tangible thing? Well, you know, it's a real different clubhouse. Uh, let's not kid anyone. Steve Cohen opened up the club, his uh, checkbook, and changed things. Um, so the, the group that won as many games as they won last year. And I, I think after a hundred games, they were in first place and we haven't played a hundred yet. So we don't know if which team is uh, doing better at the hundred game mark yet. But, um, you know, uh, I think the difference is uh, guys getting big hits when they, when they need to get big hits and, and guys pitching really well. And, you know, that when you look at the end of their bullpen with, uh, you know, loop and Diaz, uh, that's, that's really been a difference maker when, when they have when they have the lead, they've kept the lead, and uh, that's that's usually sign of a winning team. You know, speaking of uh, Mr. Cohen and his checkbook, mm. he seems willing to do whatever it takes to bring a World Series to the New York Mets. 
uh, Juan Soto just turned down $440 million <laughs> from the Nationals. It looks like he's available for a trade. How much of the future, if you were managing the Mets, uh, Mr. Valentine, would you mortgage to add a player like Juan Soto to this year's team? Does he then make the Mets the prohibitive favorite if they're, ever, if they're able to pull off this trade? Well, you know, their their offense hasn't been, um, you know, what you need it to be to be a great team. Uh, they 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 played really well at the beginning for the first whatever six six or seven weeks, um, but for the last couple of months, that the offense isn't a championship offense. So uh, Soto would definitely add to that offense. It would make it. Um, it would make him one of the favorites, if not the favorite, uh, to to win and to win the whole thing. And I don't think, um, you know, that the the dollar amount uh, is going to, to deter Steve and, and the Mets from doing what they have to do. I think they're going to get creative. I think uh, they look at the the Braves are running running wild, and they're right down their neck. Uh, they're the defending champions. And what they did is uh, last year they won a world championship because right about this time, even a little later, I think, you know, they changed things up and they, they took a team that had good pitching and uh, a sputtering offense and uh, added four guys to their, to their offense that uh, changed the dynamic. And I, I think that um, I think the Mets are going to do the same. I think that, uh, they're going to have a different team at the end of the year than they have now. That was uh, former Mets manager, coincidentally, Bobby Valentine, earlier on Follow the Money here on VSIN. And speaking of the Mets and their possible acquisition of Juan Soto, uh, looking at uh, some offshore markets, the Mets are the favorite to trade for Soto, 4-1 to one odds. Uh, the Yankees are actually the second favorite, and that's pretty interesting to me. Uh, and then the Giants are the third favorite, followed by the Dodgers and the Blue Jays. I think it would be so hard for the Nationals to trade within the division, but if the Mets truly can offer the best package, and that, you know, what's interesting about that is when you have a, um, when you have a, team that's in your division you're more familiar with that roster because you see them and you prepare for them more so than you are for any other team that's not in your division so for the Mets for their options to trade for Juan Soto the Nationals are probably familiar with their prospects and with the players that they have on their current roster and so they could ask for something like uh, a deal that includes maybe two of the top prospects in the Mets farm system maybe um, current major league players like um, how about you know all-star second baseman Jeff McNeil um, I'm just trying to think of other players that maybe they would that the, the Nationals would want Obviously, you know, if they're going to trade you Juan Soto, you almost open up your entire books and you just say, you know, who do you want, right? Like, but let's look at, like, major league-ready players that the Mets could trade. You could trade Jeff McNeil. 
all-star second baseman. And the reason why the Mets would trade him is they can just easily slide in Luis Guillorme and he'll just start, he'll be their everyday second baseman. So let's say the offer is Jeff McNeil and uh, I don't even know who else you'd give up. That's an, a, a, a major league ready player right now. But if you can acquire Soto and then probably have to take on Patrick Corbin's contract, which the Mets, they'll spend money. They don't care. You know, maybe the Mets are the best fit for the Nationals to get a Juan Soto trade done with. That'd be interesting to see. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up next, we'll be joined by Sean Green from the Sports Gambling Podcast. This is The Look Ahead here on v the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The Sports Betting Network. Back here on The Look Ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Joining us now from the Sports Gambling Podcast, Sports Gambling Podcast Network, he is Sean Green. Sean, thanks so much for giving us a couple of minutes here. And, you know, the uh, Home Run Derby All-Star Game festivities in L.A. How did you enjoy everything? Did you come out ahead with your All-Star bets? Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, well, first off, I had Corey Seager, which it was at 10 to 1. Mm-hmm. Kind of frustrating. He had a 24 home run round and didn't even advance past the uh, past the first round. Uh, I, I mean, which ended up being like the second uh, second highest round there. But my, uh, I really enjoyed the uh, Albert Pujols uh, to advance bet because I, I came in, I, I gave it out like 220. I think it was as high as plus, plus 300, 300. Yeah. Yeah, some places. And my angle was, hey, listen, the only reason he's in this home run derby is because the commissioner made him his pick. They're going to do whatever it takes to get him to advance. And, man, it it, uh, it couldn't have played out better for me. Uh, first off, he, like, switched his bat after that timeout. I don't know if you were, if you were watching there. Yeah. Maybe that was a corked bat. Maybe it wasn't. <laughs> and then you see today that apparently they missed uh, one of the Schwarber home runs. So it should have been it should have been another overtime. But uh, they, they let him move on, and they cashed the bets. And uh, so that was pretty fun. And then I hit uh, the Yurfi on the um, – 
uh, on the uh, All Star game. Although honestly, I thought it was I, I I was banking on Kershaw being the one to give up the run. Somehow he picked off Otani at first base. I, I was probably as shocked as Otani. I can't remember the last <laughs> time. I I thought it was like a gentleman's agreement. You don't you don't pick off yeah. someone at first base. Come on. I think but, it was. Uh, I, I think I think there was a little bit of a. Um, uh, maybe a, a gentleman's agreement there because Otani swung at the first pitch, right? Like he said he yeah. was going to. Kershaw said it was going to be a fastball. Everyone's expecting this to be like a ceremonial first pitch for Kershaw. Just cruise in the strike. They take the baseball, they throw it to the side, and they, they frame it and send it to Cooperstown, or they let Kershaw keep it and take it home, and Otani just swings at the first pitch and laces a single to center field. So maybe it was kind of like, all right, like, you know, just just – just get me out, you know, just get me out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. And, and I was also on uh, AL money line. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, or yeah. So nice, uh, nice night overall. Nine straight years. The American league has won. Now uh, I was on the under eight as well as the under hits plus runs plus errors. Why? Because now we're on 13 of the last 16 all-star games have gone under the posted total. And uh, the average scoring is almost like it was 6.8 runs coming into tonight. Now I'm sure it's going to be less with the five runs scored in this game. Uh, I was just wondering, and I was talking to you know some some you know people out here, and it's like I was expecting a book to just why not? Give me, why why didn't the book just post a six and a half or post a seven? Just get yeah. just get people to bet the over because it opened up at eight, it goes down to seven and a half, and it turns out it didn't even matter. Yeah, no, it's weird. It's one of the few all-star games where like the total is not uh, super high and inflated because I guess, you know, baseball is one of those games, even in the all-star game, you can play kind of a hundred percent more or less. And, and the scoring isn't going to be crazy inflated like you would see in an NBA all-star game. But, but yeah, to your point, why not get, why not try and get a little action on the over? Yeah. I thought that was, you know, that was the lock is to bet the under in this game because Great pitchers, and tell me your thoughts on this. I always think that pitchers in an all-star game always have the advantage because pitchers measure themselves against the hitters. The hitters don't care. A great hitter goes up to the plate. He doesn't care who's throwing him the baseball. He's just trying to mash it and hit a home run. But the great pitchers go, I want to strike out Aaron Judge. I want to strike out Shohei Otani. Because that's yeah. how they measure themselves. So I think the pitchers are actually trying harder than the batters are in an all-star game. Yeah, totally. And, and you know, normally how do hitters get a read on a, on a pitcher? It's, oh, I already saw him, you know, whether it's in a game, you've already seen him. Oh, this is your third time up. You, you got a little beat on him. Or, you know, this is the, the second or third time you've seen him this year. Uh, you know, they're, they're seeing these pitchers maybe for the first time. So I, I think it definitely, um, yeah, it's, it's to the advantage for a pitcher, not only the mental aspect, but just like, you know, getting used to their pitches as well. And they're only, you know, most of these guys are only pitching what, like one inning, you know, yeah. maybe two innings. So you're getting their best stuff. Um, yeah, totally agree. Like the under, I'm going to be surprised if they don't start moving the total down. Any bets that you would make for the second half of the season? You know, my uh, one of my buddies who's a who's a very sharp baseball guy. I lean to on a lot, uh, a lot of stuff. He gave me uh, he gave me wit uh, AL Rookie of the Year uh, for the Royals at eleven to one, and and I was I was crunching the numbers. Like, you know, 
I, granted, he's for the Royals, but I, I I don't know if Julio Rodriguez should be such a minus, such a like a, a major favorite there at minus three seventy. I mean, you know, he's not that far behind if you look at home runs, slugging percentage, and the Mariners are red hot. He's a part of it. Uh, maybe he messed up his swing a little bit, going nuts there in round one and round two of the home run derby. Um, so eleven to one, I I really like him for AL Rookie of the Year. You just said something that I think is really intriguing, and it's the possibility of a second-half slump as a result of this home run derby. We've seen the derby affect people before, and you know it, it had the opposite effect on Pete Alonso last year, and I think that that's like the exception, not the rule. I think there's a, there could be a chance, and you are getting good numbers on some of these other rookies, whether it's a Jeremy Pena or a Bobby Witt Jr., to see if Julio does have a second half slump. Yeah, I mean, again, it, uh, it, he's a rookie, right? And yeah. and again, this this Mariners team certainly fourteen in a row, and you know they're putting up historic numbers like that two thousand one team. It, it wouldn't be shocking if they cooled off a little bit, and that could give you know Wit just enough of a window to kind of edge him out in in a lot of these hitting statistics. So yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he makes a run at all. All right, so let's get into a little football here while I have you. I am um, in, in a couple of uh betting contests with some uh fellow uh cappers and 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 betters here in Las Vegas where uh we're doing different teams that we select and you know, we're getting graded on uh which teams uh advance further in the playoffs and whatnot. Uh, one of the teams that I have, I don't want to say bought low on, but I have invested in is your Philadelphia Eagles. All right. How likely are the Eagles, in your opinion, to win the division and win a postseason game or two? <laughs> Great question. Well, first off, uh, no one has won the NFC East in back-to-back years since 2003-2004. Yep. Uh, and that was the Eagles back in the Andy Reid years. So, uh, again, I you know I, I I like to start with simple stuff when I'm handicapping. Give me the best offensive line in the league, and, and I really think that's what the Eagles have here. Um, that was a that was really a, a strength of the Cowboys for a number of years, uh, whether it be injury or just decline in play. Like their their offensive line isn't what it used to be now. You're looking at other teams in the division. You got the Giants, who again have been the worst team in the NFL over the past ten years. I, I, I you know, maybe Daniel Jones figures it out. Maybe with Dayball, um, there's certainly that chance. Uh, Carson Wentz. I, I'm not scared of him making a, a run for the division. I, I think they're kind of bereft of enough talent. But uh, this here's a nugget for you, um, Scott, to kind of get you excited about your. Eagles future play here. Jalen Rager had 726 snaps last year. Now imagine those 726 snaps become zero snaps and they're replaced with 726 snaps with AJ Brown <laughs> you know? and AJ Brown makes quarterbacks with accuracy issues look better. Just ask Ryan Tannehill. Did Ryan Tannehill become this awesome quarterback when he went to Tennessee? He became, he certainly became a lot better than he was down in uh, Florida uh, you know, playing for the Dolphins, I think it was a number of things. One scheme, but again, having a guy with like a massive catch radius like AJ Brown is gonna help all your numbers uh, look good. And then I love the Jordan Davis pick. I think it allows Fletcher Cox to, um, you know, kind of just focus on his pass rushing. He's fallen off a little bit, and 
And the Eagles in general were like 29, 30th in uh, total sacks last year, and they they spent a lot of draft capital and free agency money bringing in Reddick, um, you know, Nakobe Dean, who should be blitzing a ton. And yeah, if they get a little bit of bump on the sacks, I think they're in a uh, I think they're in a really good spot. So again, the only thing as an Eagles fan, I'm worried about the Eagles when they have expectations. They're always better in the underdog spot where you got the mass and no one believes in us. So the fact that they're getting a little hype uh, makes me a little nervous, but I don't think they're getting so much hype. I think you're maybe finding that sweet spot there. So I, I really like them uh, to get to the playoffs and, and to win a playoff game. I think they can make that next step. All right, you make me feel better about my selection. Sean, appreciate the time and the conversation. We'll catch up again soon. All right, thanks, Scott. Good chatting. There he is, Sean Green. Check him out. Sports Gambling Podcast Network, Sports Gambling Podcast. Uh, those guys do a tremendous job over there. And, yeah, you know, I- I'm very bullish on the Philadelphia Eagles this year. I think they're going to win the East, and I think they got a good shot to, uh, you know, make a run in the postseason. I do expect them to have a great season. I'm Scott Sadenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. On VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Ice cold beers, cold hard cash. Join the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Compete in 20 free to play pools this season for your shot at a share of $100,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Heineken now to start your run at victory. Heineken, beer made better. 21 and over only, terms and conditions, and other eligible restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Please drink responsibly. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network, as we continue our uh, review slash previews of each division in Major League Baseball here at the break. We did the AL Central earlier. Let's get to the NL Central, and we'll start with the team currently in first place by just a half a game. And that is the Milwaukee Brewers, 50 and 43 on the season with a run differential of plus 25. The preseason win total for Milwaukee was sitting at 89 and a half. Their adjusted win total now, one game down, 88 and a half. According to Fangraphs, they have the Milwaukee Brewers right now winning 87 games, 87 and 75 projection from fan graphs, which would go under the adjusted total of 88 and a half. Uh, taking a look at the um, non-divisional schedule for the Brewers and seeing who they have to face in the second half of the season. Uh, let's see, Colorado, Boston, mm, Tampa, Dodgers, Dodgers again. Diamondbacks, Rockies, that's those are easy. Yankees, Mets, Marlins, Diamondbacks again. All right, so it's like kind of like a, a mix because they do got some hard series, but they also have some you know relatively easy series. So it's kind of a mix there. I don't think there's a read one way or another. Uh, taking a look at the Cardinals, who are a half game back at 50 and 44. They have a plus 65 on the run differential. The preseason win total for the Cardinals was 84 and a half. Their adjusted win total is up two games to 86 and a half. I mentioned Fangraphs had the Brewers projected at 87 wins. They have the Cardinals projected at 
84 wins. So a much lower win total projected for the Cardinals. They would have the Brewers winning this division. Taking a look at the Cardinals' second-half schedule and their non-divisional opponents, Toronto, Washington, the Yankees, Rockies, Rockies again, Diamondbacks, Braves, Nationals, uh, let's see, Padres, Dodgers. So, you know, they end the season with a six-game series against Pittsburgh. So that actually might be the difference in them winning the division or making the playoffs. But, you know, I don't think their schedule is that bad. I think it's just going to come down to their divisional games, and it's going to come down to the divisional games against Milwaukee. They play Milwaukee three, four, five, six, seven times the rest of the year. And I think the division might come down to them with those seven games. I love this lineup uh, when healthy, and, and I think they have the pitching to possibly get this thing done. So I don't necessarily hate the uh, Cardinals to go over their total here. Uh, the Pirates are 39-54, and 54, a negative 134 run differential. That is the worst run differential. Nope, excuse me, second worst run differential in Major League Baseball, minus 134. The preseason win total for the Pirates was at 65 and a half. Their adjusted win total, 67 and a half. Fangraphs has the uh, Pirates projected to finish 69 and 93, which would go over the updated win total of 67 and a half. And there's a lot to like about the young, uh, you know, O'Neill Cruz and, you know, they do got Reynolds and Key Brian Hayes. And it's an interesting team. They just don't have the pitching. Uh, so we'll see. Um, how they fare in the second half, but the minus 134 run differential is not an indicator of any future success. The Cubs are 35 and 57 with a minus 86 run differential. Preseason win total on the Cubbies, 75 and a half. Their adjusted win total all the way down to 66 and a half. Fangraphs has them projected 68 and 94. So that would go over their adjusted win total. That would mean they finished 33 and 37 for the rest of the season. I'm not sure what to make of the Cubs. This is a team that uh, in that series against the Mets prior to the All-Star break took a lead in a game for the first time in a week. I mean, they, they went almost a week without having a lead in a baseball game. This is not a good team. One in nine in their last 10 games leading into the All-Star break. And look, I don't know if there's any um, trade rumors around the Cubs. Like, who could, you know, who could be their, their trade piece? I mean, it's probably Wilson Contreras, right? He's the all-star. He's the guy that is the, the only person that somebody would want. Ian Happ? Maybe somebody's going to try, try and trade for them. I, I Cubs are a team that I don't know what to make of. It seems like they did everything they they did everything they could. They broke that you know streak. They won the World Series. Congratulations! But then it's just all downhill now. 
for the Cubbies. Uh, the Reds bringing up the rear, 34-57 and 57 on the season, a minus 107 run differential. The preseason win total for the Reds was at 74 and a half. The adjusted win total for the Reds is 65 and a half. Fangraphs has them projected 66 and 96. That would mean that they go 32 and 39 the rest of the year. Now, why is that in, important to bring up? That's a 456 winning percentage. They just concluded the first half of the season with a 374 winning percentage. So that would mean a significant increase in them winning in the second half of the season. Let's take a look at their schedule. The schedule in the second half, non-divisional opponents, and we already know the tough divisional opponents are going to have to face the Cardinals, you're going to have to face the Brewers. Non-division, they got the Marlins, Orioles, Marlins, Mets, Phillies, Phillies, Nationals, Rockies, So you do, and the Red Sox. So you do get the Nationals and the Rockies in there, but all those other non-divisional series, they could be losing a ton of games. And you always have to think about the trade scenarios. The Reds are a team that is probably going to be trading off players. Um, Luis Castillo, the pitcher, is on everybody's radar. Everybody wants this kid. And uh, I would imagine that he is, in fact, dealt prior to the August 2nd deadline. So now you're removing arguably the most effective pitcher from this Reds rotation. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and fade the Reds for the rest of this season. And that might not be the only piece that they trade off. So that is your uh, take. That is your look at the NL Central. Once again, the Brewers in first place. Half game up on the Cardinals. Pirates uh, are there next in third. Then the Cubs and the Reds. Your odds to uh, win that division right now. It is the Brewers who are favored at minus 160. The Cardinals are next at plus 125. And then we don't have to talk about anybody else because they're not winning the division. But I actually think you know a lot of people are very high on the Brewers because of their pitching. I think maybe it's the Cardinals. And you know, that's a that's a change of course for me from where I was prior to the season because I actually was down on the Cardinals. I thought their roster was aging and that this season was going to be, you know, kind of about the uh, Yadier Molina and, um, and uh, Albert Pujols retirement tour. But it has been anything but the... Uh, but the case here, you know, it has not been. It's been, um, you know, Yachty's been out with an injury, so they haven't had to really worry about him playing. Um, Pujols barely plays. Like, maybe he, you know, gets a start against a lefty here or there. And it's, you know, them bringing up these rookies and the youth movement now has really taken control with um, Juan Yepes and Nolan Gorman. Being in their starting lineup every single day, it has completely changed this team. Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt are both playing at all-star levels, and not all-star, excuse me, MVP levels. And if they can just get, you know, Miles Michaelis is dominating right now. If they can get some consistent pitching from Adam Wainwright, 
And, uh, you know, Steven Matz or Dakota Hudson or Palante, you know their their bullpen is good with Gallegos and Helsley, Jordan Hicks. Uh, I like this Cardinals team a lot, actually, more so than I did going into the season. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VEASAN, the sports betting network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? The betting splits page is updated every 10 minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. And if you're looking for uh, something to wager on here on Wednesday, your options are quite limited. Uh, if we're actually looking at what we got going on, let's see. Um, there is some... I believe WNBA action. So we got coming up just one game, a uh, noon Eastern time tip, Seattle storm and at the Chicago sky sky are minus two and a half favorites. I believe I saw our very own Daniel Alvari tweet out that she is actually on the sky in this game as a minus two and a half. So probably have to take her advice uh, on it rather than, you know, myself. But that looks like it's the only that's the only WNBA game going on. Soccer action. We do have the UEFA U, uh, Women's Champion, the Euros, the Champions uh, Championship, England against Spain. That is a three o'clock Eastern Time game, and the odds on that one, as we can pull them up here, odds on the. Women's match here. Where's the women's match? Why do I not see the women's match odds? Here we go. England minus 105. Spain plus 290. And the draw is plus 240. So that is uh, the one match that is up on the schedule. UEFA Women's European Championship. England against Spain. Uh, England's most recent games. 
they uh, oof, not they have just run through this tournament, huh? Look at them. They won one nothing, one nil in their first match, eight nil in their second match, five nil in their third match, and now they take on Spain. So they have yet to concede a goal here in this tournament. As for Spain, they won their first match 4-1, second match 2-0, third match 1-0. So both teams 3-0 and uh, headed here. I guess this is the quarterfinals of the European Championship, the Women's Euros. Uh, So that's the only match here going on. You got some international friendlies. DC United's going to take on Bayern Munich. That game is uh, going to be at four at a uh, seven thirty Eastern time on Wednesday night. Orlando City takes on Arsenal, also a seven thirty. So you have all these MLS teams are actually taking on um, some you know interesting international. Minnesota takes on Everton, um, and then how about this Man City against Club America? Uh, that game is going to be at eight thirty Eastern time. Uh, so that is actually, I think it's in Houston, if I'm uh, n- not mistaken. So interesting, you get some of these. Charlotte FC takes on Chelsea. That's going to be fun. That game is going to be uh, in Charlotte. So yeah, so you got all these um, all these uh, t- uh, MLS teams taking on the European teams. I don't think there's any odds on these games. If there were. You know, you would imagine all these European teams are just massive favorites over the MLS squads. So, yeah, I don't think that there would be anything like that um, that is on the schedule. So that's really the only soccer games that I see. There's a bunch of international stuff that really, you know, not really getting into. But uh, the biggest match, I guess, would be the UEFA, the women's game between England and Spain. The Major League Baseball season will resume on Thursday. You got two doubleheaders on the schedule on Thursday. Yankees and Astros from Houston will play a doubleheader. Tigers and A's from Oakland will play a doubleheader. And then you got Rangers against the Marlins in Miami and the Giants against the Dodgers in L.A. Those are your games for Thursday as the second half of the baseball season resumes. A quick look at the awards market right now. As the All-Star break here is uh, wrapping up, Shohei Otani, your favorite for the American League Most Valuable Player Award. Aaron Judge is right behind him. And then longer odds on Jordan Alvarez, 13-1. to Mike Trout, 20-1. to Rafael Devers, 23-1. to Jose Ramirez, 40-1. to um, And then in the National League, Paul Goldschmidt is your favorite, plus 115. Manny Machado next plus 550. Mookie Betts 10 to 1. Freddie Freeman 10 to 1. Pete Alonso at 12 to 1. Austin Riley at 12 to 1. Interesting name. The National League Cy Young, Sandy Alcantara, a massive favorite, minus 130. Uh, Corbin Burns, the second favorite, is plus 700. Joe Musgrove 14 to 1. Max Fried 16 to 1. Tony Gonsolin 16 to 1. In the American League, Shane McClanahan is your favorite at plus 210. Justin Verlander's next at plus 260. Shohei Otani, who's had a great five-game stretch here, plus 850. And then Dylan Cease, 10-1. to 1. Let's talk about Dylan Cease here for a moment. 
I don't think anybody in baseball has had a better stretch of games than Dylan Cease has had. This, this dude right now is in the midst of a 10-game stretch where he has been absolutely dominant. Let me go through the, these 10 games for you, okay? Starting back on May 29th, that's when this 10-game stretch started. Zero earned runs, 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 one earned run on June 26th, one earned run on July 2nd, one earned run on July 7th, zero earned runs, and zero earned runs. That's a total of three earned runs in his last 10 starts. That stretches across 27. Let's see. I'm going to add this up now. Okay. Let's do some math. We're going to go 27 plus 23 plus 8. 58 innings in those 10 starts. 58 innings pitched. He has only allowed three earned runs. Just think about that for a second. If if you just take those um, those starts, forget about the rest of his um, the rest of his uh, season. Which yes, he's had some rough games early on in the season. Got roughed up by Boston for seven runs. Got roughed up by the Yankees for six runs. Four runs against Cleveland earlier in the season. But just his last ten starts. He's got a .47 ERA. That's the best stretch of pitching in Major League Baseball this season. Even Sandy Alcantara, who has been far and away the best pitcher now in Major League Baseball this season. If you look at his last 10 games, two earned runs, zero earned runs, zero earned runs, Two earned runs, four earned runs, two earned runs, two earned runs, zero, zero. So he's allowed runs. Yes, he goes nine innings, which is so impressive. Eight innings, nine innings, nine innings, eight innings. And he's just, he's striking out 10. He's striking out 12. He's dominating these games. But for Alcantara to be the the runaway favorite to win the uh, National League Cy Young, Dylan Cease has a .47 ERA in his last 10 starts. Three earned runs in 58 innings pitched. That's unreal. And in those 58 innings pitched, he has struck out. Oh, this is going to be good. You're going to like this. He has struck out. Let's see. We're going to do math here. 45 plus, let's go five. He struck out 79 batters. 79 strikeouts in 58 innings with three earned runs. Those are his last 10 starts. 10 to 1, Dylan Cease, American League Cy Young. Let's all jump in on it right now. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's On Air. Coming up on Follow the Money, Bill Bender from the Sporting News, talk a little college football, and then Larry Boa, former 
Major League Baseball manager will join the program. It's all coming up this morning on Follow the Money. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. This is VSIN. The. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.